Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. Show where the pros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy DJ Ben Ami, aka Wakanda's favorite DJ, aka the Kevin Bacon of the internet, and aka Yolo Ziff in the building tonight. The Ziff himself. As always, I am joined by, on this very special occasion, let me say, Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, a.k.a. the Black Russian, a.k.a. Flex Luthor, and a.k.a. Lambo Calrissian. Most definitely, and chilling in the third seat. Chico Leo, also known as Han Cholo, and the Wookiee from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'll never get over that. I will never get over that. Han Cholo and the Wookiee from Brooklyn. Lambo Calrissian and Yolo Ziff are in the building tonight. The spaceship on this very special edition. Now I think you're gonna have to tell people who Yolo Ziff is, even people who've seen the movie. I mean, most definitely, we're gonna get into all that because this is the Force Awakens episode of the Voice of the Urban Geek Fan Bro Show. It's popping. The movie is finally out. (sighs) (laughs) Feeling good about it, huh? I'm just happy to say that the film is finally out. That's like the first and foremost because I, as big a fan of Star Wars as I am, was so sick of all the promotion and all the media that was going into this film. Wow, even you? Yo, once you have apples and oranges that have Star Wars on them, that's when you've gone too far. (laughs) Yeah, gone too far. Yeah. Oh, so like... I mean... It's hard to say when when you've gone too far because I know you need a trailer and you need to, you know, promote it and everything. But the scene where, you know, Han Solo says, you know, Chewie, we're home or it looks like we're home in the movie. If I hadn't seen that in the trailer like 20 times, I definitely would have gotten a lump in my throat right there. And I didn't. Because I've seen it in the trailer. So wait, so wait, Ben, I mean, you're telling me being Mary Jane Star Wars crossover wasn't going too far? I missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that happened. (laughs) Damn it. I mean, I know it was on ABC, right? So anything on ABC. Uh, BET. Wow. 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 Disney must own them too, right? Viacom, something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure that, you know, Disney got their hands in everything at this point. Anything that's making money, because oh, yeah, that's. Man. I mean, that's the other thing. I think I saw five hundred million. No, for the no, weekend it was two, so far. Two, no, it was like two hundred and thirty-eight. Well, two hundred, but that yeah, the two hundred million mark was for U.S. It's five about five nineteen worldwide right now. There we go. Yes, and a hundred million in one day. Yeah. The um yeah the biggest ever. So it beats out everything, including Jurassic World, Avengers. Harry Potter. Harry Potter used to have the highest, uh, the record for the highest opening, and just, I mean, completely destroyed it. Completely destroyed it. Made all the goo gobs of money, all that marketing, apples and oranges, and being Mary Jane crossovers obviously <laughs> paid off because they are rolling in the dough after paying four billion for it. You know, it looks to attract to make two billion at the box office alone. So I'm wondering who were the 14 million dollars of people who saw the Chipmunk sequel this weekend. <laughs> that was number two. Yeah, like there really was nothing else that you guys wanted. No, to it was see. the Chipmunks and the Tina Fey, um, Amy Poehler movie. Ooh, right, that's my point. There was Ooh, no that one. Hurts. No Oh, bad weekend for them, man. Yeah. No, they did well because it was you know people didn't want to see Star Wars either were Chipmunks fans or whatever Sisters. it is that Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are. Okay, sisters in the new movie. Yes. Um, yeah, so, but back to what everyone is here for, The Force Awakens. Big shout out to all the fan bros who have been hitting us on Twitter, asking us about this. When are we going to drop this? It's here now. I mean, I got to say, it's a big moment for me. This is, you know, really big, but I'm a... I'm a this is potentially the biggest moment in the history of fan bros. True, right? This is our first new Star Wars film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is wow. We Are All the Animals and Simba is the baby Simba is being held up over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> 
Before we keep going, shouts to Jay Soul Above on Twitter. Because of her uh, tweet featuring Michael Jackson in his Thriller costume. Yes. <laughs> she Sipping is, on something. She was waiting for this review, so we're ready to give it to you. Yes. Yeah, so, like I said, this is a huge moment for me, but I'm going to defer to my co-host first. And, uh, all right, me and Chico saw it together the other night. Tatiana viewed it recently. I've mm-hmm. also seen it again this weekend. But So, let's start. Tatiana, you know, what were your first impressions? Um, so overall, super fan bro certified. I was with it the entire time. There wasn't a point in the movie where I was not entertained or learning or into it. So overall, if I have to give it a grade, it's a plus. Uh, wow. Yeah, it really is. And yes, Ben, I mean, this is coming from a Star Trek fandom person. Wow. <laughs> I really did love the movie. Overall, it made me really feel kind of awe-inspiring, mainly because while I don't have the same nostalgic background as a lot of you, a lot of the older Star Wars fans do, I do have some of it. And I would say that that mixed with these characters, these incredible new characters that not only they're fantastic, like I feel like I need to follow them everywhere now. So I, I just had a lot of fun with this movie. It really made me smile. It really hit all the buttons for me. And it made me just really get excited for what's to come into this new universe, this new sector of Star Wars, if you will. Mm-hmm. I agree like a thousand percent on pretty much all of that. But Chico, what about you? All right, so there's two... I, I feel like you have to judge the movie on two ways. As a new Star Wars movie, I literally give it a 10 out of 10. Like, wow. I think, yeah, it's literally straight up in terms of all the stuff that he needed to do, J.J. Abrams, to get it sort of out of, get get the memory and the taste of the prequels out of people's mouths, which if you're watching Clone Wars and Rebels, there's no way to really do that because those come out of the those prequels. Those come out of the prequels, yeah. So for, you know, for him to do that, I also think that the, criti- or not criticism, but the praise that Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are both basically better than anyone who's ever been in a Star Wars movie is pretty much on point. <laughs> the only the only people who who in the history of the six Star Wars movies who m- you might say were as good as them were James Earl Jones as the voice of Vader and um you know Alec Guinness as Obi Wan Kenobi. Like wow, other, no, wow, no not even for Harrison. Maybe even Harrison Ford. Maybe Harrison Ford. But yeah, Damn, I thought tough Chico. I thought. Yeah, nah. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, Come on, I, you I felt like they deep. had much. Both those characters had really great emotional journeys, and so I thought the first twenty minutes of the movie was like fantastic filmmaking because they were showing stuff and not telling, and they they sort of showed the story of John Boyega's character and Daisy Ridley's character Finn and Ray perfectly. Now, again, I in every way, like the, the practical effects, you know, the, all the call. I thought there might have been too many callbacks to the okay, first movie. Okay, but let's movie. not get into everything well, just yet. But right, yeah, right. Okay, well, well, let's talk say, some like, more about the good of the movie. So, yeah. Yes. So, I, I thought as a Star Trek movie, it was a 10. As a regular movie, Star I actually Wars don't, I don't mm-hmm. think it deserves to get nominated for Best Picture. No way. So, but they're talking about that, you know, since since the release. That's and, out of control. That is um, out of control. I think that's a little much. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are ways in which this this is as good as, you know, there are ways in which this is as good as any other Star Trek movie, uh, Star Wars, excuse me, Star Wars movie, and possibly mm-hmm. ways that it was better than. But there were, I, I mean, I guess we'll get to that later. Like, I have some criticisms of the movie, but I think it was a total, literally total success, like... Um, of of the of you know take making a new Star Trek movie including the Star old character Star Wars <laughs> including the old characters and not um and 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 getting the taste of the prequels out of the out of people's minds and mouths well, and ben, ears I mean, and eyes. You? Okay, most definitely. Yeah, I saw it twice. Like I said this weekend already, and um the first time I saw it with Chico Thursday night opening night seven thirty screening and the theater was outrageous that's like you know one of those things it's like been since avengers perhaps that the first avengers where i was in a theater and it was so crazy 
Like every little scene, every little name drop, every little reference got a, you know, claps, applause, people cheering, screaming, whatever. So that alone, you know, gets you hype. But, you know, for me, this has been like basically a long, long time since there's been a great, you know, or like Chico said, a Star Wars movie. If you judge it as a Star Wars movie, it is... It's fantastic. I, I really can't say much about it. You know, we'll get into more into the spoilery stuff, you know, after the break. But I mean, my first impressions were definitely just a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. I had to go see it again. It had all the things that I love, like Gigo said again, like that I love about Star Wars, like the wipes, you know, in terms of transitions. Yeah. The way the Millennium Falcon moves through the air and through space or whatever, it's just a very distinct style. The way the TIE Fighters move, the way the X-Wings move, the lightsaber battles were very, I mean, I will yeah. get into it, you know, but it just, they, they worked emotionally, you know, as well as they weren't just some fight with you know ah, man, man, you know right. like the no they were even more visceral than previous yeah. uh yeah. lights and i was gonna house. add that ben i mean that it's more than just a f- uh, uh the way it looked it's the feeling as you said yeah. the emotion it elicited real emotions from the mm-hmm. viewer at least most of the people including myself actually really felt as you say a visual reaction to watching the transpires on the screen and then becoming connected with these brand new characters no so, and that's the other thing huge. like chico and you referenced the characters like the prequels don't have the characters that really carry you you know it's not like the originals where you just instantly know han solo you instantly know you know what loot's about you instantly know what leia is about and in this one, you know, you, right away you get to, you know, like you said, you get to see the life. You don't get it as told to you, but you see Ray scavenging. You see her working out a hard-ass life on this planet and, you know, waiting days and days for th- for something. And then you see Finn immediately, you know, his emotions is like, yo, I cannot deal with this. This whole, you know, this life ain't for me. I got to get up out of here. And then you meet Poe, you know, who also, Ostra Isaac, I mean, yeah. we'll get into all that. But, yeah, my first impressions... <laughs> Dope as hell. You know, this is the Fan Bro Show, Force Awakens, um, review, recap, whatever, celebration, whatever you want to call it. And we'll be right back after this break for more Fan Bro Show. Hi, this is Greg Pock. When I'm not writing comic books, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And welcome back, Fan Bros, to this very special edition of Fan Bros Show. Like I said before, it's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Yolo Ziff, in the building, in the spaceship tonight, on this, I mean, like you just said, momentous, <laughs> you know, occasion, the Force Awakens review. We gave you our initial impressions in the first 10 minutes, you know, first segment, whatever. But now we're about to get into that super duper spoiler stuff. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, for some reason you just live under a rock, you know, like a very big rock. <laughs> or you're point. just busy, Ben, I mean. <laughs> you know, you're just busy with real life and you ain't got time. To busy seeing the new awakens. Chipmunk sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you know, if you got very young kids, I, I bet you were up in that Chipmunk sequel. I, I feel you. It hurts. <laughs> You know, it hurts, but I know I know how it goes. So, um, yeah, but right now we're going to really get into the real impressions, you know, all the plot details, everything else that happened in the film. So if you haven't seen it, yo, you know, fast forward maybe to that ending segment and, you know, check us back then. But now, oh, yeah. Yeah, got to have to warn him. Man, there, yeah, because some, some ish went down. <laughs> they, uh, that's the first thing. Let me just say this. Like, I was so happy that no one spoiled, you know, what happened in this film because, yes. Lord and mercy, I would have been so pissed if somebody had told me some of the things that go down, you know, like, because like I said, that first time in the theater, 7.30, the second time I saw it was much more subdued, but the first time, people were just cheering at every little thing, you know, and I was so happy that I didn't know, like, even like, Chico, like you said, you know, oh, um, the... You know, we're home. You know, we didn't get that same feeling. But when Ray is running and she's like, no, that's the ship we're going to take. That one over there is a piece of junk. And then mm-hmm. they pan the camera over and it's the fucking Falcon. Right. Yep. You know, it's like <laughs> under like rags. <sighs> it's the piece of junk. Yeah. Why does everybody say that every time? You know, like, come on. Yeah, with scenes like that, I, I definitely had a smile because... In a way, it's pandering, but at the same time, it was it was fun the way it was the setup was like it was you, well done pandering. Right, you knew the setup was coming, but the way it was executed was acceptable. It, well, more than acceptable, it was actually enjoyable. 
Yes, yeah, definitely. So much like that. Like like Chico was saying earlier, there's definitely a lot of callbacks. Like the a whole lot. film is in a way like an homage to, you know, A New Hope, to the very first Star Wars film. Like mm-hmm. I mean, down to a lot of the, you know, specific plot points and beats and And shots almost. There were shots like oh, straight definitely. Out of it. Oh, yeah, everything is, you know, so that, you know, can be taken in the good or the bad. That well, is, I feel like yeah, that was I there, you know, to bad. get to say, like, this is not, you know, the prequels. You know, this what? is, this okay. is, we're getting back to the original, you know, the original trilogy. Yeah. I felt like the very first line was the most meta thing in it when he's like, this is where everything begins to get right or be made right or something. Absolutely. Like, so was this like the Star Wars Days of Future Past where it just erased all the crap that happened before it? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know so much as, as erase the crap, but like picked up the story from where the, you know, from where Return of the Jedi left off. And yeah. since the prequels take place before A New Hope, Empire, mm-hmm. and Jedi... You, you you know, they didn't need to reference anything. Like, because those True. take place beforehand, like, it was not a problem uh, that Jar Jar Binks was not in the fortress at the end with all the big, you know, rebel, <laughs> you know, with ad- with an old Admiral Akbar and an old yeah, Nien really and people like that. Yeah. You, you know, it, there's no reason for him to have been there because he wasn't in the in the the original movies. He was in the pre, you know, like that kind of thing. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. So the way that the the road that they took was the right path. Yes. Oh yes. Definitely. Yes. I'm- I mean, even like there was other lines like Han Solo telling Finn, you know, that's not how the force works. You know, that that was, I think, another shot back to the prequels, like in all the over explanation and all the like, this is how the force works. exactly. <laughs> you know, midichlorians make what? No, it doesn't matter. You know, right. Not, bro. It, you know, that's not how that works either. Like, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. let it go. Keep it moving. Keep it light. And I thought they did that very yeah. well. Yeah. The, the direction they took, I feel, was, you know, perfect. And speaking of keeping it moving, the speed at which the move the movie moved along like i didn't realize it until after i had time to process it more but we were really moved along at a steady pace during the movie there wasn't any real lulls that i could think of or a time where i was like okay i'm ready to move on to the next scene i just felt like we got a good serving a good portion of each main point that jj wanted to come across to the audience so the pacing of the movie was was very well done and i think that also helped uh, for a more uh, a better viewing experience yeah i've seen some people say that the ending you know the whole it wraps up pretty quickly but i know it was a super open-ended ending and that ending was less about action and all that stuff than what than what it was about conjuring up that Star Wars spirit once again. That was, to me, a momentous ending. And I mean, the very end, yeah, we'll get to that in yeah. a second. But, but I mean, even the battle against the uh, super Death Star or whatever, you know, right. killer planet. Well, and let's, that, we'll we'll, see, we'll that, definitely talk more about that in either the bad or the ugly section of yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> I I, I'm one of those people who felt regarding that, that that there were that that it was problematic. But I'm with okay, you. So as far as far as the good, Chico, what else would you say? Oh, I mean a lot. I mean there was a lot of good in this. So even when I'm criticizing, I'm criticizing at the point of why like why it wasn't perfect like a diamond mm. per you know what yes. I mean? Like like this was a great movie and um and, and an amazing Star Wars movie. So in terms of the good, like I like I said before, the introduction of the new characters was all done mostly without dialogue. You you don't even see Finn without his helmet. He's in like eight scenes going through all kinds of emotional turmoil and important character development. And he's in his stormtrooper outfit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's more, you know, credit to J.J. Uh, Abrams than Finn, than John Boyega rather. But once he had his helmet off, you know, he has a whole, in the first 20 minutes, a whole story arc that I would argue is almost the entire story arc of Neo in the first, you know, Matrix mm. movie. And he, and and the same thing with... Uh, Very good. Well done, Chico. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and it's just acted and shown, you know? Like, there's no, like, long dialogue, you know... Um, Another thing that's dope, I you know, just in terms of, uh, I I thought his origin was similar to Grey Worm from um, oh, yeah. Game of Thrones, except they went the exact opposite way with their personalities. Grey Worm is a super serious dude who's sort of just learning humor, whereas Finn is just you know totally you know running by the seat of his pants 
in you know really dopely like he's just coming up with it as as he's you know um as he's going along um so yeah I, I thought that again that the intro of the two main characters was great. I haven't, you know, Daisy Ridley. It was a lot of just showing her world, and it was really awesome, you know, seeing her, you know, riding around the wreckage of like an amazing huge battle, um, and you know, get it, you know, scavenging and stuff like that. Um, right, and you know, when you're talking about expression, like without language necessarily, I helped, I fell in love with BB-8, like. That little droid is my dude. The way how the the amount of emotions and expressions that they squeezed out of a ball, like a gyroscopic ball, was just really incredible. I was really shocked how instantly linked I was to that little robot. Like, I mean, they they do that very well. They've done it with R two D two, but to be able to do that with a brand new robot and in this day and age, I think they did a fantastic job. I, I no, absolutely I agree. agree, although against my better judgment. Like, I definitely also fell in love with BB-8, but I also <laughs> felt like at times, although, no, he's really dope and he's awesome, but at times I definitely was like, oh, this is a big advertisement to sell this robot to people, but, oh, oh, yeah, I want one you know, now. I definitely did. I mean, he, he, he legitimately wins you over. I mean, just the way he moves, his vocal stuff. Right. Um, I mean, he was giving people side eyes. Like, oh, yeah. A Star Wars droid giving side eyes, like welcome to Twitter, like for real, like that was just. Yeah. I mean, at one point, <laughs> someone gives a thumbs up and he whips out a lighter and just lights yeah. the light. I mean, he was really dope. There's, no, there's definitely no doubt. Um, I, I, I actually one. It's not even a criticism because it didn't bother me, but I would say that this movie did feature less aliens than the other ones. It although, definitely did. The newest like character alien that we're introduced to is Maz, whatever her her name is played Maz by. Maz Yeah, and I mean that was you know that was pretty incredible, I and mean, that was a yeah. a ten out of ten like an out of the park home run. But you know what I loved about there being less aliens. I mean, I'm fine with aliens, but I think instead it was replaced with a multicultural surrounding and supporting cast so yes. you saw a lot more women tons more women and not only that you saw a lot more people of color it was to me a visible standard uh bar was raised there for at least for star wars movie because you saw black pilots you saw asian pilots you saw asians on both sides of the spectrum you saw minorities on both sides of the spectrum at one point when those monsters get loose on han solo's new ship and then you see those raiders board his ship and like the two warring factions, if you will, just to be able to see that and see that everyone had a broad range of, of jobs and positions and uh, being represented. I, I thought it was I just again, I just thought it was just really dope how how they made that happen. No, and that uh, is another good point that I want to point out about it is that the Star Wars as always, I mean, not in the terms of the diversity. But in terms of establishing that this is this really big universe without showing you too much of it, yes, is always really yeah. well done. So like when these two groups of raiders show up and they both have allegiances, and earlier Han is complaining that the Millennium Falcon was stolen by three different people before right. it gets back to him. <laughs> right. So it's like showing you, and that's another tradition. And, the and then obviously like stolen. the redo of the bar scene of well, mm-hmm. like that right then and there. That's the obvious. This is beyond your. Sc- maybe capability of imagining how many different races there are, how many different species there are in the universe. Yeah, and then we have, we haven't even mentioned yet Poe Dameron, you know, the uh, fighter pilot uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who is qu- quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, like, of this generation, because dude just knocks it out of the park no matter what he's he a, is He's doing. a chameleon, like a true yes. and utter chameleon. Yes, because every time I forget it's him, I'm sitting there like, yo, that's him, right? You know, yeah. it's like, no, that's Poe Dameron. No, like, ju- just in this last year alone, he was in that movie with Jessica Chastain that's about, like, crime in early 80s New York. Yeah. Um, he was in... Um, Ex Machina. He was in yes. Ex Machina. He Absolutely. He was in... Um, that the movie the Cohen brothers did maybe that was last year but that yeah. was a, a, another one Inside where he was Lou like a folk Davis. singer yeah exactly like yeah. he is a, a real chameleon most definitely and then like I also have to big up uh, Ray uh, Daisy Ridley because yeah. I just became the biggest fan of Ray ever after that movie I think that's one of the best roles like you said ever in a Star Trek I mean Star Wars universe mm-hmm. where someone has been that good that emotionally the range, what she went through throughout the film. 
Um, and then, you know, we have to get to my mans and them, you know, the First Order, the Knights of Ren, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the general or whoever was really dope, the guy who was yes. the... Uh, on the, on the dark side? Yeah, I don't remember his he, name, he was the guy a, giving he the was speeches. A, he was a copy of Homeboy in in the in the in, a, in the original of, trilogy of of our Grand uh, Moff Toff. Uh, yeah, except Admiral, he was young, Admiral. like Grand Moff. Except Tarkin. he was younger, oh, but yeah. he was that. So I saw that. So I think he played that well. I was saying Kylo Ren, emo Kylo Ren. Yes, dog, that dude. <laughs> he okay. He that's a sick, sick villain. Mm-hmm. Like really, uh, uh, Adam Driver, right? He was played by Adam Driver. Yeah. Yes. I I didn't see the resemblance between Han Solo and Leia and him at the same time. No, definitely not. <laughs> at the same time, I still thought the Kylo Ren character was really, really, like, well done. Uh, I think he was well acted. Just the fact that, I mean, he really played, like, this emo dude that was just has too much power. And the fact that he's just so lost, it was not lost on me how... That was his personality. No matter what he did, everything he did, you can tell that he was having this inner battle with himself. It could have been the tiniest things. But not only that, battling his own power. And I liked seeing that fight between himself wore on in the film. And then, of course, that one moment where my heart dropped. <laughs> um, I, yeah, let's not just get to that. Just yeah. I, I, I felt the one thing with him that you have to take into account is there, there's an implication that Han Solo and Princess Leia were terrible parents. Like, if you think, would your yeah, parents I thought let about you that. become, you know, if you guys had the force, your parents would not let you get to the point where you were, you know, you became a supervillain. Like, well, you they know, would keep I thought you about that, Chico. I actually felt everyone, as, as, as Han and Leia were having those conversations, I was like, what? the hell are you guys like this is like internet parenting but then they were like how snoke seduced um the sun so you know you see you've seen the power of the dark side to use a quote but you've seen what that really does to people and but but for snoke to be able to seduce him at such a young age again what's their parenting like Right, and mm-hmm. and he seduced him out of like you know Luke Skywalker's tutelage. Like Luke Luke Skywalker was actually tutoring him in the Force mm-hmm. when when Snoke um, you know seduced him. So right, well they typically seduce the young ones by the, the excitement factor, right? right. So the, the light side is always very meditation and being calm within yourself and understanding the world and all stuff. So from a kid's perspective, it might seem kind of boring. Whereas Dark side you, is over here force choking and throwing right. light. Right. So, like, that shit is fly. And, and right. strictly, strictly as a young kid, just a very young, impressionable kid, even through up to almost adulthood in your 20s, like, what are you more drawn towards? Yeah, there's some people who really are drawn towards the, the more meditation part. But a lot of people are like, yo, I want force lightning. Like, I, <laughs> I want to go hard. Yes. Um, but no, I really have to give credit to Adam Driver because I just have seen him before on Girls, and I was really worried that I would see his same character in Kylo Ren and uh, you know Ben Solo. Big up Ben Solo, gotta <laughs> love that, you know. And but no, I did not. I mean, I saw parts of it, of course, you know, because it's him. But at, at the same time, Kylo Ren is definitely a great villain in my eyes. I love the yeah. emotion, you know, not just being. You know, or, or I'm evil, you know, but like being really torn between the dark side and the light side. And, and his saber in action was was amazing. Wicked, wicked. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing. Like I always say, man, the people things that people most complain about when they see it finally on screen, it just, you know, becomes so irrelevant. Like Because people, people were, were like, I, oh, I the never practicality. I never understood the people attack, you know, that. that I mean, there were people saber. attacking it. At least from like, uh, which is funny to me, they were attacking it from like a real life physics standpoint. Right. Like, well, yeah. the practicality. Of it. I'm like, dude, this is Star it's Wars. A lightsaber. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. And then, uh, like, another thing we, you know, already talked about Lupita's role. Like, a lot of people were so mad. That I, she including was me. Animated. Including you know? me. It's CGI, yes. And, 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 and see, I'd, it's like, no, we a great person should be able to play any role. And. Mm-hmm. There you go. She played the hell out of the role. She was really know? dope, and she repped glasses wearers all over the galaxy yeah, yeah, very for sure. well. So, Hard body. Yes. So, so she was definitely Maz as the new Yoda, if you will. Yeah. 
Yes. Definitely, I, I liked her a lot more than I thought I would. I was prepared to be disappointed simply because I didn't get to see the, the vision that is Lupita. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I still, in my heart of hearts, I would have loved to see, like, a dark dark Sith Lord Lupita. I still think that shit mm. would have been fire. But yeah, I, but, no but in real life, I still really like her role as Maz. Most definitely. Yeah, so that was, you know, mostly good. I really, you know, we're going to get into all the good, the bad, and the ugly, but... Uh, you know, overall, definitely dope as hell. Uh, let's take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back to, you know, give you some of the bad, the ugly, and all of that. Hey, yo, Internet, it's Kim Sonian, the ghost producer of The Fan Bro Show, right here with my man Don Will. Yup. And we need you to rate, subscribe, and comment on our iTunes page, our SoundCloud page, and, of course, check out fanbros.com. For what, Don Will? What do they need to check out? For all the hottest updates in geek culture. What? I over-enunciated for diction and clarity. Bang. And welcome back, Internets. I know you've been loving this long-awaited episode of the Force Awakens Fan Bro Show. Review, recap, celebration, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> and we gave you the good, you know, talked about all the performances, all the, you know, dope direction. Big shout outs to Kylo Ren holding that force bolt at the beginning, you know, the laser bolt Woo! that uh, Poe Dameron shot in him. Bye and walking by the laser bolt and you've seen the reflection in his face. Come That's on a now. bad man right there. Bad man right there. Bad man right there. And, you know, now we got to get into some of the bad of the film, which, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Heartbreaker, bad. boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a, there was a moment, you know. So, can, should yeah. I, can I break? Go can ahead. I, can I go ahead. She so, goes, in the know? same way that I thought, you know, I'm really applauding how much time they took with Finn and Ray's like character development. There's a couple of things that I felt were really rushed. I thought that um, starting with, I thought that the third attack on the Death Star was pitiful. Like I thought it was a pitiful third act. Like they made like two runs and then they blew up a Death Star that was like a (laughs) hundred times bigger. When you think about the New Hope, the original, where they make like twenty runs on the Death Star and dudes are getting shot down each time. I mean, there must have been like a hundred shots in the original of the laser cannons on the on the Death Star, like same shots over and over, shooting them. This one, there were like two shots of laser cannons, and then they blew it up, and then that was it. It was like they didn't even break a sweat. So <laughs> I think and, that's and the then point they of had it, less though. people. They had like yeah, exa- five, yes. I, if I count it right, five X wings got away. Right. And at one point they were like, "Oh, they shot down half our fleet." I'm like, "Did you have guys have ten? Like, well, <laughs> like how in, in the original one, they had dudes whose Maybe job fitting. it was just to keep the fighters off their back. Like there was a whole. It was like a 15 minute sequence. And in this, I really thought like that the final act. It just didn't feel like this giant third like. I didn't, you know, I mean, that's in more Star the ugly, Wars, though, you feel that's like, still, oh, they might the all die. Yeah, that's still the ugly. You know, let's get into the bad. You know, that's still, you know, a bit of the ugly. All right, right so there. the bad, I don't, I, I mean, look, I, I understand people make personal decisions in their lives and everything like that, <laughs> but Leia was ragged. No, Ragged. Jesus! I didn't mean okay, that. Okay, oh, all right. Let's let's okay. be fair. They they made her look snatched digitally. Like they they really made build her up because a lot of people say she looks completely different. Like if she's on a red carpet and a real person, that's she's been through a lot, a lot, and that voice definitely um, displayed that. And so yeah, she was a little ragged. Well, she, she I felt like in addition to her feeling ragged, I didn't feel. A, what I felt was a proper connection between her and Han Solo. I didn't either. Yeah, I thought there was like no chemistry. If you're a new viewer coming to it, you definitely got the sense that they had a relationship in the past. They had kids, and it ended, and blah blah blah. Which, which factually, that's all you need. They all they only need right. to communicate. It makes sense. But anyone who was there for the first three movies and the whole "I love you, I know," and her going and rescuing him from Jabba the Hutt and everything yeah. like that, none of that was like you know sort of there emotionally and and yeah. and revealing the big when the big event the the big spoiler event happens i i needed much more of a of a response from her than her sort of looking up and looking pained for a yeah. second and like, then like, like cutting she, away 
I mean, she her her reaction reminded me of Ben Kenobi, like feeling the the, the what does he say the force of yeah. A there's there's been a stars. disturbance in the then, force, right? Yes. It felt more of a, a blip on her radar versus right. the other half of her soul has exactly basically been murdered. So e- exactly. So well, okay. I I think I I agree there, and there's definitely you know there might have been some lack you know of love shown, but at the same time, I thought that some of their interactions were really well done like i thought the line about han saying that you know we all just throw back to what we're best at true you know and han is just a smuggler you know right. he's a rogue he's an anti-hero he's not a lover you know he's not a married man you know he's not you know he shoots first right. you know i like the nostalgic conversation between them mm-hmm. uh but again back to chico's point that connection or the love connection that i was supposed to feel i didn't so i agree with both of you yeah i think it goes both ways but um, you know, I'm not going to really sit and tear on people's, you know, personal choices. Let's leave that out of G. No, Ooh, I'm just saying, yeah, like, harsh. I understand, you know, harsh. I understand why she was, you know, ragged and, and didn't seem able to move her jaw in any possible way. So she was speaking through clenched teeth and all that. But I'm okay. just saying it w- it was a little unfortunate <laughs> um, in the, in the same, it's unfortunate in the same sense that it's unfortunate that Mark Hamill got into a uh, car accident between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and never looked the same again, you know? Yes. I, right, I mean, right. stuff happens. I understand that. But um, I, I would go so far as to say, and I have no idea, this is just supposition on my part, that some of Maz's character was business that Leia should have been doing, but they didn't want to give her too much in the sense that why would Maz have had Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and why would she be the one to give Daisy, uh, to give Ray sort of her like introduction to the Force and history and all that? I felt like that could have been Leia, but they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to give her too much for. You know, for various reasons. Um, I, I don't right. know. I have no yeah, idea. Let's, I'm just yeah, told- let's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's pretty much a shot in the dark right there. But, um, yeah. well, more bad. So, <laughs> um, and this is actually a mixed bag as well. The John Boyega character of Finn, a.k.a. FN2187. Well, see, hold up. Before, I, I would consider that still to be in the ugly. We still haven't gotten you to You think the that's big, ugly? Because it's a mixed bag. I mean, but the big bad at the moment is uh-huh. of the movie is still hasn't been distressed here. You know, like the two moments of the movie we still haven't even mentioned once. Like, you know, Harrison. So Han yeah, Solo Han gets killed. killed, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we're go. just like, yeah, man, whatever. Han got killed. <laughs> listen, listen. Y'all are giving, have, y'all was, giving as much love to Han's death in the movie well, as no, the movie well, gave no, to Han's me, death me in the movie. Well, no, let me caveat that because... After, Ooh, like I said, yeah. there's been a cooling off period. So now it's like, yeah, homeboy died. When it happened, there's two things that occurred first. One, it was it was projected way in advance. And then yes. even the scene set up itself, you knew it was going to go down. However, yes. that did not diminish the pain that occurred no. when it went down. So, yes, uh, I also thought Han it was, was a killed nece- by his son. It's a necessary story thing to you know they brought back right. the other characters, but from now on, you know Finn and Ray are the main characters, and I think you know rather than just having Han Solo show up and, and give a few lines, like giving him a death and having shown that he's a bad parent, having his kid kill him. Well, there's two things to that though. There's two things that one, the typical star Wars pattern, which is the son must usurp the father. Right. That is, is a trope that happens throughout all every, all the films. Right. And then, uh, uh, two, Han Solo had been trying to kill himself every single episode. Okay. This man is ready to go, okay? So he's always been in situations where it is impending doom for him. So it was just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it caught up with him finally. And like I said, that's one of those big moments that I was so happy people didn't spoil. And yeah. the other big moment was, you know, the reveal of Luke Skywalker and the fact that, you know, that, that really messed with me because I'm sitting in the theater, you know, Han takes his bad when, you know, everybody's screaming, gasping, everything. You know, the new Death Star gets blown up in about five seconds flat. Everybody's like, whatever, you know. Um, and then, you know, you're like, but uh, where the hell is Luke at? You know, how long is this movie going to go on? Can't be much more. You just can't throw a whole Luke story in here. Right. But then the reveal at the end of the movie still got, you know, the first time I saw it, cheers. The second time, I have to say, I can't lie, it got chuckles. 
It really did. There was, you know, there were some chuckles. When, oh, why? Because he did the, the dramatic look back, like yeah. Here I am. See, I like that. I mean, the, the oh, I, I mean, he was it. all like Game of Thrones. Well, I loved it. Yeah, yeah no, I I really like the Luke thing. I just want to getting back to the Han thing. I I thought Han's death was fine. I thought that the there needed to be a much bigger reaction. Like, yes. Anakin Skywalker got a funeral. I mean, like, you know, Luke Skywalker drags him out and then burns his body on Endor. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Bean Barmere gets a whole little funeral in, in, yeah. right, in the right. Lord of the Rings. But there needed to be something. Like, Han Solo just got killed. And we got Chewie yelling once and Leia looking up and feeling a right. tremor in the foot. We mean, needed much more circum- than that. But look at the circumstances in which it happened. It wasn't like they would they would have the time to prepare a memoriam right then and there, right? Right. They were but, in the middle of the battle. But they needed he, they needed to put something in the in the movie, you know, somewhere. Well, you, you know, know what it, what what was supposed to be that moment was Leia's reaction, but I didn't. But it didn't. No, it work didn't out sell it. It didn't sell no. it. No. Nope. Okay, and some other things that happened in the film that we haven't really discussed were, you know, and this will get into the bad and ugly of Boyega, is him using the lightsaber, you know, mm-hmm. and Ray, you know, in one of my favorite moments when the lightsaber flies past uh, Kylo Ren trying to get it and, and goes to Ray's hands, yeah. and then she puts in that work. And those two <laughs> fights, like the you know the Finn fight, the Finn fighting the troopers with a saber fight earlier. I love the lightsaber fights because they felt like you know you were emotionally invested in the characters who mm-hmm. were fighting, so it wasn't just like. You oh, felt a real sense so, of danger. I guess yes. my criticisms are more things are missing. So I thought all of Ray's Jedi stuff was dope, but I literally was like, where were the scenes that she was trained? Like she was right. doing there stuff. Were, there was zero. She training. was doing stuff that was better than Luke after he had trained with Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Right. Like how did she even know she could take over that stormtrooper's mind? Like I literally think there there were there were training scenes that that had to have been in there that they cut out. It's and impossible. I just didn't buy that she knew how to do all this stuff and that she could fight Kylo Ren, you know, to a right. standstill well, without any training. It's a possibility that, like you said, maybe there were scenes that were cut. But in reality, the way it was, they, and they were very, they expressed it, she had zero training. Even Ben, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Kylo Ren said to himself, you know, right. you need a trainer, da, da, da. It was clear she had no idea. However... The this the way to kind of cover it up was if you paid attention in, in a, a little bit before when she first met Han she when they were talking about the Jedi and the Force and all that stuff she always said oh I thought that was a myth right. meaning she probably had at least some at least from a basic knowledge of the incidences of the Jedi of the past she ha- had her mm-hmm. story right, she but, had her but folklore they didn't give a, so I she mean, could so she could right so there was no way I, they I, I agree with Lupita's you. character could have literally like touched her hand and give her like you know memories right, of every Jedi right it wasn't like, explained all they needed was an explanation like literally right. no matter if it didn't make sense or whatever literally Maz could have been like and now ah, I'm going see, to give on, you the me... knowledge of 20 generations of Jedis right now no let me make a counterpoint to that because that's one of the problems with the prequels is too much explanation right like you know there it is well like, this mystery. is something like i feel like people get but, trained to be a jedi is a major... no but but see you gotta wait for that she hasn't all right this is the other part of it like we don't know who her parents are right and that makes a cool. big part of it like right. if her parents are luke and someone as people are assuming right you know, then she's going to be naturally gifted right. in the force. And we don't so know she why she, something. she was left. Right, but Luke yeah. was Anakin Skywalker's kid. He's naturally gifted in the force. Wait but a minute. Let me, go, let me go with this. It. Let me go with this for a second. It, but Luke is Luke. And Luke, you know, lost a hand. Anakin lost everything before he became, you know, Darth Vader. He was never full powered. You right. see Rey doing a lot of things in the beginning of the movie before she meets anyone that Luke wasn't doing. Yep. Luke was farming. Yep. Ray is out here, you know, repelling through a damn star destroyer. Right. You know, she's showing, you know, she was a of power already, but she's showing that she has something in her from gate, you know, and that's the same thing with Finn that a lot of people are assuming that perhaps he also is strong in the force because Kylo sees him early. You know, what makes him different that, you know, he can resist right. the stormtrooper training and you know right. suddenly have a change of heart like that right and you know what ben i mean you can that's that's actually good about that scene that you mentioned when kylo looks over at finn mm-hmm. um or at the time fn fn 2187 like that 
you was it necessarily a, a some type of forced disturbance that he felt that, or was it just um, a red he herring? He felt type that he was, a, or yeah, or was it that he just felt that? Oh yeah, this right. Or was it? Yeah, because if you th- looked, all the other stormtroopers <laughs> were walking away or taking care of whatever they were taking care of mm-hmm. doing cleanup, whereas Finn was just standing there, kind of not doing anything. So yeah. you can really interpret it a lot of different ways. Most I mean, definitely. one interesting thing is J.J. Abrams does like flashbacks, and so it's very possible in the next movie we'll get flashbacks to Finn as a stormtrooper, maybe some, you know, something in, in Ray's past that would have given her, you know, the, the, the training or the, you know, more than just the natural abilities. Cause she, you know, fights a, um, you know, a guy who uses the force. He, I mean, she fights the dude who kills Han Solo, you know, to a standstill. Yeah, um, but Han Solo is also a dude, an old man at this point. That's and true. It's his son. It's not like he's, you know, it's not, you can't take it like he's Han Solo, you know, battling Darth right. Vader and still getting served. You know, there was no real hope for Han Solo against anyone with force powers. That's not even a, come on, that's not a contest but, right but there. But really, at the end of the day, how really was Rey able, uh, untrained, completely untrained Rey, able to defeat a First Order slash Sith Lord slash, like, dark side person? Right, or, well, see, or okay, if, now you, there's a, there, if you've only heard whole, the Jedi are, are are a myth or whatever, how do you know that you can take control of Stormtroopers' brains? Like ben Right Kenobi. there, okay, there's okay, there's two well, things we gotta... Right, right, unless she heard some type of stories, and that's why I was trying to say, oh, I see, if, okay. if you want to read yeah, pa- like if you want to fill in the blanks right. that's All one right. thing yeah, that no, jj you want to is fill doing in the blanks. right but thank my you, thing is that's you. that's cheating in a way as well like okay i may not be able to show the story but i might shoot it or show a certain scene in a way that makes you fill in the blank because yeah, she understands folklore she understands the myth maybe she heard the story about how two people came and controlled someone just by mm-hmm. thinking it that's all it takes. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, at this point, this is 30 years after Return of the Jedi. So there was obviously a huge battle off in the galaxy. So that's another thing that make you realize that, you know, she... I mean, she was scavenging even... in, in the remnants of the huge battle. And so she knows Hans. No, that's a battle on Jakku. That's a whole nother battle. See, that's a different thing than what happened at um, Indoor and everything. Right. See, well, the idea is that, that there were But no, but my idea is that this Endor, is part of the. Probably. No, I, my I, idea is this is the part of the greater battle. Everything that's happened across the galaxy is part of the greater battle with the empire or the in the in the past the yes. empire. So you have these yes. remnants of things like these huge star destroyers and other things just crash on the planet. They're they're now relics. At the same time, she's she's being she's being absorbed in all this, and who knows mm-hmm. what kind of back backstories that she's heard or learned. No, that yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's another point. Like. She knows Han Solo as a smuggler, not as this, you know, war hero, whatever. You know, it's like there's everyone. It's all different stories they probably heard, you know. But if you all you got to hear is one time, yo, these Jedi, they can control minds. I saw this dude walk into a bar and be like, yo, be, you know, give me five dollars and dude gave him five dollars. You know, that's all it's going to take. So, you know, I mean, and for all you know, she could have inferred this when when she was trying when Kylo was trying to mind control her when he was Mm -hmm. Jedi trying to Jedi mind trick her or Dark Lord mind trick like you know what i mean like it could be anything so so yeah like i said might be a little bit of director cheating but it's also fill in the blanks as well and there's one other thing about that like a lot of people are like oh he's a sith lord you know but he's not he's not even a sith that's something I, I i hope they really get into is i really hope the knights of ren and you know this uh snoke dude have a difference between the sith other than you I know, mean the just, first order. So there's a difference between the first order versus the Sith Lord, which but they both follow the dark side. Well, the first order are more the Empire, and then the you know the Knights of Ren are more the Sith. Mm. But the Knights of Ren seem to have been formed by Kylo, so it's also not like something that's been going on for generations like the Sith have. So I hope they really get into that and make a difference between them and the Sith, because a lot of people are like, oh, he's a Sith Lord, but I'm like, no, he's. He's barely trained himself. You know, dude at the end said, bring him because he needs his training. You know, it's not that he's some master dude. He's a young dude who's stressed out, you know, himself. And he Mm. was hurt when she fought him. So it's not like, you know, he'd already been blasted by Chewbacca. Mm. So it's not like he's at full power himself right then. So plus he killed his dad. But still, but still someone who's infinitely more and better trained than someone who has zero. I mean, this person, he has 32,000 experience points. She has 12. Like, yeah, who's but, you know, really those, supposed she, to win? But she put right. those twelve into the right attributes. That's true. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not convinced that that's still not a not a problem. Um, 
for I me. think it's, it's definitely worrisome, but you know what? Again, I feel like this is a, another kind of pattern of of the original uh, trilogy. Well, no, in the original, they definitely go out of their way. The training is a very important part of the Jedi thing, and, 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 and even in all the other stuff. So, I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, I mean... Um, you know, this is one one element. I, I also yeah. actually felt like we needed to see Poe Dameron in somewhere in the second act, and we didn't. Like, the fact that, you know, we see him in the beginning, and then we see him at the very end. Right. I would well, have he liked... was presumed dead. Right. So. And, I, and I knew he was going to come back because it was Oscar Isaac. See, if they cast right. an unknown... And his, it was only I his wouldn't jacket. Have known it that wasn't he was his charred body. Back. Yeah, I mean, there was no body and all that. But I, I would have liked to have seen either of them include more with the second act... Or they should have cast an cast an unknown. I mean, it's not a but big see, deal. But see, I think that also, I think that just goes to the strength of Oscar as a actor. You know, it's like you just want to see more of him, and we will get more of him in the later movies. Well, it's because I know he's a movie star, and he's not going to just die in the first. Right. Act of well, I see. That's the thing. You, you don't know you never that because know, he's though. not that big of a movie star yet, where he can, you know, he can command. A like if they big wanted to kill him, they movie. could. Easily. <laughs> they really. I mean, and, and that's not to say that he's. I don't not know. I think he's people. big enough that he is like. Uh, no, no, I think that he, he may be episode. Don't believe the hype. You never know. I mean, Money I would talks. if someone Chico, if someone told you you'd get a role in the most momentous occasion that's happened in the, in the what past couple of decades, but you die in the first movie, would you take that role? No, no, no. I know what you're saying, and actually, Liam Neeson dies in the first prequel. So, yes. You know. So yes. I mean, it's not to me. It's not about the, the, the if he's a big enough star or whatever. Right. I'm just saying, like, I knew he was coming back, and so the, there was like this weird, like, where is Poe? And for him to just show up and save the day, it would have been doper if there had been. Well, some... Han did the same thing. Right. Oh. Well, That's you know true, what? but I... we but we saw Han throughout the whole first movie. Yeah, right. Well, well you, but you also had Ray and Finn to deal with. Yeah. And can we no, talk about John Boyega and his? Yeah. Well, yeah. before we get to John, let me also say that, and I know we'll see more of her in the next few movies. But Captain Phasma, I would have loved to see more of her, of Gwendolyn Christie, aka Brianna Tarth. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I, w- I will say that any advertising or any Twitter posts or any toys or anything that I saw with her is absurd based on the fact that she had five lines and never took her helmet off like right so which so I've been I've reading that she is uh, going to have a bigger of course role in the next movie so you get more of her backstory which is great absolutely would have loved to have seen more of her I Again, I she's a brand new character. Is I don't feel like I missed anything per se. Um, I wish, but because I, I, I know that I know the woman playing the character, I wanted to see more. Right. I just wish y'all could see my face right now. You know, because we're in all in our state pods. But uh, Chico saying that any toys or advertising or Twitter posts of her because she had five lines. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> when the man Boba Fett in the I know, Empire Strikes I know. Back had abs had she was what, not Boba two Fett, lines. Though. Like, to you. To you. No, to but, you. I mean, you she doesn't have a missile do. that shoots you out and kills little enough. children yeah. everywhere. And, you know. Yeah, but she didn't get. Uh, anyway, so to back to the point, I did thought she was very underused myself. Right. I thought her getting served so easily was whack. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, you, you can't. You know, this is Star Wars. This is how it goes. You can have a character show up once and say nothing, and he'll. Have eventually have like 10 novels That's and true. three video games about them. So, you know. I mean, like, that is right, true. I just was shocked at how underused she was. Yeah, I was too. But, you know, Boba Fett, one of the dopest characters ever, shows up and says no disintegration. No, he doesn't even say, he he says okay to no disintegrations and that's it. Right. In Empire, you know. Right, right. I should have, I probably should have mentioned this in the good section, but they did a really good job with the technology. I, I yes. sometimes I feel like maybe because because the I don't even pay attention to prequels at this point, and then the original trilogy obviously that was so long ago, but they they really came with it when it came to the the technology of this world. Just like I mean, even the most simple organic things like when Ray was getting her rations for the day and she yeah, that was put in really some water, dope. and it became like a piece of bread. Like yeah, a that was like, dope. Like that alone was like the just the agriculture, the engineering, the 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 bioengineering like all that was was very well done and is actually more on a science fiction side which is what i like the most yeah and i just want to point out we never saw people eat in the star wars universe other than they eat in yoda's hut on dagobah 
And, yeah. you know, we see Luke's uh, uncle and aunt, per, like, preparing dinner. And there's a big and dinner. blue milk. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they drink blue milk. Then there's a big dinner setting when Vader, in, in Cloud City, when Vader, like, betrays them. But we never see people eat in Star Wars. So that's a very good point. All right. Okay, we're going to take one last break on this wrap-up show. And we're going to come back with the ugly... Finally, the ugly of <laughs> The Force Awakens. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Val Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And welcome back, fam bros. This is the Force Awakens wrap-up celebration. All that good stuff that you know and love. It's in theaters. If you haven't seen it by now, you need to have. Because this is the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got into the bit spoiler stuff in the last segment, you know. But now we got to talk about, you know, the things that just wasn't quite right. You know, just not beautiful. Kind of, you know, but ugly. You know, you know, if, you know, just... <laughs> Mm. Now can we talk about John Boyega? We can talk about John Boyega. All right. Finn. Like I was F- saying earlier, he is he was a mixed bag uh, surprisingly <laughs> for a lot of people. Um again, known as Finn aka FN2187. 2187. Going 187 on the undercover. Okay. But all right. So, John Boyega as the everyman performance. Nailed mm. it. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. He Every was, man. He was reacting a lot the way if one of us was just dropped in the middle of a Star Wars movie, we react. <laughs> like, what's going on? What is this? Oh, this is a lightsaber? Yeah, I want to play with it. You know, like, mm. like pretty much our, we, we were him. That was the personification of the audience to me. That was mm. the good part. The bad part, he was, to me, he was trying a little hard. He was, so a lot of people even said that he was kind of annoying. Mm. You're talking about the I've character or the actor when you say the trying the too character, hard. not John Boyega. Because I actually the thought character. the actor might have been trying too hard in a couple of scenes, but not the character. Like I thought he oversold some of the stuff, you know. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if it's splitting hairs to listen. Whatever way, like whatever way you saw it, the viewpoint you saw it from, that was like a real reaction from the internet. So it was actually split. I mean. I, I, I'm happy for John. I think he did a good job. I, I was feeling the scenes he was in. He, his scenes were memorable. Um, but, yeah, there was that feeling, that dual feeling of, yeah, this is a cool performance. This is definitely how I would react. At the same time, he's going a little overboard with the acting maybe. So maybe it was from an actor standpoint. Yo, it's so funny that you could, when you were saying cool performance, I thought you were about to use the word that I've even heard thrown away, you know, thrown around a few times. You know, if you change one letter and cool. I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh. Are there really people saying that? Because that's ridiculous. I, I mean. I, I've heard him compared to oh. the new Jar Jar Binks. I mean, I no, he's was, not the new. I mean, no, my God. No, that's I know. Wild no, disrespectful. No. Wild disrespectful is right, yeah, and thanks for clearing that up because that is wild disrespectful. But I didn't. I thought he was a little bit reaching sometimes, but I thought that most of the times, like you know, you got a boyfriend, a uh, cute boyfriend somewhere, you know, like <laughs> all that type of stuff, you know, was just so spot on. Like you said, if somebody was just dropped into this and to be somebody who didn't even have a name, you know, just to be yeah. FN two one eight seven your whole life. You know, all like it, it goes back to the clerk scene when they're talking about Star Wars and they're like, all Stormtrooper knows is white suits and shooting lasers. Right. Like, that's it. You know, so he doesn't ever know any of this other stuff. And then, boom, suddenly he's thrust into this world of, right. you know, everything. But, you know, he's not and he, he's both thrusting. He threw himself like the impetus. Yes. What was the real impetus for him deciding I'm going to stop? Or at least vocally, he said, because it's the right thing to do. He mm-hmm. he and remember, that was his first real mission. I think he had said that otherwise yes. prior he was doing sanitation so for yes. him to 
of all the clones, or no, excuse me, of all the people who were basically abducted as children and, and formed into star, stormtroopers, like what was so different about him that made him switch off? So mm. that kind of feeds into what you said earlier. Maybe he has some of the force in him. Who knows? Yes. I just feel like I've never seen, I, I mean, obviously this is the first story of it. There might be stuff uh, on the fringes of the canon, but this is the first story I've heard of a stormtrooper defecting. Most definitely. So, yeah, um, there's definitely some mixed bag thoughts with, you know, John Boyega, but I thought it was fantastic, you know. I thought, once again, it was just great to see, you know, a, a black man on screen like that doing his thing, you know, being part of it and being a hero and whooping ass just as much as I thought it was so great to see Ray being a woman up there being a hero and whooping ass. And whooping you know, ass, thing. yes. I know a lot of people were mad that John got, you know, taken out in the end of the film, basically. Like, you know, he fall, you know, he falls in battle to Kylo Ren and yeah, well, you know but, I mean he got lit up yeah I mean got, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying he like, got lit up like he, a Christmas he, tree that, like what was that that all change in, in future <laughs> he brought I mean he brought a lightsaber to a gunfight basically right. like I don't I, mean, I don't know what the analogy is you know but it wasn't you know he brought the wrong you know but not set. just that he was also a highly untrained like he was swinging yes. the damn thing like a bat like like a club <laughs> he damn sure was so I mean but see that was to me that was why I also say every man because in real life none of us have this have training let alone sword training like I have Mm-mm. fencing training but like yeah. how good Ooh. would I be with a with a a lightsaber I would probably do the same thing and get my mm-hmm. ass lit up as well yeah and almost get served with a stormtrooper with some wicked ass baton boy. Yeah, that baton was sick. Sick, <laughs> sick with it. That was that cop. That was that all lives matter baton. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's that all lives don't matter baton. <laughs> Giuliani time. Like, fuck your life baton. Oh man, right man, listen. Oh man. So was that? Was there anything else ugly about the film? You know, aside from the aforementioned, you know. But I also feel like a lot of those things are in jokes. You know, it's like. You know, Han's like, okay, it's just a bigger Death Star. You know, right. we blow it up again. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, whatever. That's the dichotomy like, so, all throughout this movie that this is a new, new hope. Like, it's, they, they did it. If you really watch, if you just watch from, if you watch the new hope and then watch this, it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. So and that, what, again, bad and good. It's, it's, a, it's a weird dichotomy going on. Yes. I thought the music was too low in the mix. And I think Kimson yes. pointed out that the... Uh, there weren't any really great new themes that all the points where you no. got choked up for were all music from the original, you know, new hope. Yes. And I had actually complained about the music being too low in the mix for clone wars and, uh, rebels. And I just assumed that was because those were for TV, but I definitely thought there was a missed opportunity that the music is an extremely important part of star Wars and that it wasn't yes. as upfront in this. I mean, again, these are not major, but these are these are the reasons why I would say it was a ten as a Star Wars movie, but I wouldn't nominate it for Best Picture. No, most definitely, and I agree with you because after seeing it twice, I was especially listening for the music. And there's like even a new theme I think I heard that kind of references uh, the um, Phantom Menace's main theme, which I really love. But even that wasn't there wasn't anything new where it's yeah. like yo, this that new ill shit, right? Well, and it wasn't the talked- oh sorry. No, it's okay. It, we talked a lot about the prequels as well, and what I've come to learn is that there were actually instances of the prequels, whether it was the people or line, to actually put into this movie. Um, the scene where Ray has the the vision when she touches the lightsaber, I found out that Ewan McGregor actually recorded a line specifically for that scene. Um, mm. They use a scene where where Luke was yelling no about, I, I forgot what he was yelling no about. <laughs> it had something to do with Darth Vader, but when he like falls. they were actually, right. They were actually putting in things yeah. from both the prequel and the trilogy, original trilogy. Uh, that, like, like if that, if it wasn't enough that there was a, it was basically a huge homage. Then they said, Hey, for, for good measure, let's actually sprinkle in the actual people and actual characters. Dollar, dollar. And D- Daniel mean, Craig is actually the stormtrooper that Ray takes uh, control over. Yes. And, uh, I really? mean, there's a lot of, yeah. yep. Yeah. Wow. There's a, there's a few people. Uh, Simon Pegg is the dealer who is dealing out portions to everybody, to Ray on uh, Jakku. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, th- this this wasn't like a secret cameo or nothing, but but Snoke was portrayed by Andy Serkis. Right. Yep. And, and um, wait, just one thing. I mean, we talked about this after the movie. I feel like there's a chance that Snoke is Luke. 
I said that. As oh, soon you mean like on some Wizard of Oz shit? Yes. Yes. Before, oh. before, um, before loot turned around, I I turned to Dallas who was next to me, and I was like, "Yo, he's Snoke." So I'm I've oh. been saying that, but um, JJ has said a few things about Snoke. He said the Snoke is really old for one thing. So hmm. he's, but you know, JJ is a master of misdirection. Yes. So we'll see where that goes. And they've also said that Snoke isn't that tall, but he is like seven feet tall. Yeah, they. I mean, that one one day when the hologram was deactivating and he got some, I realized, okay, that's not his real height. He just does yeah. that for bravado's sake. Yeah, definitely, because he's beat up. You saw that too. He looks like he's been served yeah, yeah. in a battle before. So you know, there are some mysteries besides you know do, who are Ray's parents. Do you guys think that Luke and Leia are both going to make it to the end of the third movie in this trilogy? That's my question. No, no, no. Do you think they're, they're gonna both co- gonna die, or just one, or at least Leia's going? Okay. At least mm. Leia's taking the L. Mm. Wow. I I, I, I believe that. I bet, like on a big space battle, like she just just blown up. I mean, because at this point, and I, I'm I'm saying this from a very this is a very uh, harsh perspective, but it's also a business perspective, and this is real in the streets. What else can they squeeze out of Carrie Fisher right now? Right, not much. And I don't, and and, and I know people are gonna be like, oh, that's mad juice. disrespectful. I know people are gonna be like, yo, that's why disrespectful. No, I'm telling you from a real life <laughs> business perspective. If you are a Disney executive or, or whomever who's in charge of that whole Star Wars. Division, what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking she dies in the first five minutes of the next movie. <laughs> I'm just being I'm real. Come at me, fight me, meet me on Twitter, meet me at Temecula, whatever. I'm just saying. Oh, Lord. Wow. She's yeah, standing no. behind the Millennium Falcon when it takes off, and then that's all she wrote. <laughs> that's it. Just some legs left. See, now that's just rude, Chica. <laughs> I've been trying to be logical. You trying to be Jesus. brutal. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um... Well, anything else before we get out of here about this film, you know, about what's doing Nets? I know we have the... Uh, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, the prequel, how they got yeah. the... By Ryan Looper is the Rogue? director. Ryan Looper? Wait, who, is it Rogue Oh, no, Ryan, one? sorry. He directed Looper. It's Ryan Johnson, or what is it? Ryan who? I'm not sure. It's a Ryan it's somebody, yeah. and he directed yeah. Looper, which was very good. Most definitely. That I didn't mean, go anywhere in the box office. Uh, you know, Tom well, it got him. It got him a Star it. Wars movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had the last laugh on that. Yeah. <laughs> like Han Solo said at the premiere, you know, it's been good that this movie's been going on for generations, and it's been very good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Get that <laughs> mortgage. Know? Yes. What? Many a mortgage has been paid. So um, yeah, many an airplane um, bought and crashed. Yeah. I mean, last real. last thoughts. I. You know, everything we said, I, I stand by. But at the same time, go see this movie for yes. yourself. Um, you have plenty of time to see it. I know right now lots of spoilers are getting out there. It's, it's been it's going to be a week, uh, when a few days. So, you know, it's about that time, brother and sister. It's about that time. For real, um, it is. Um, stay, if, you, if, you don't, if you can help it, don't see the 3D showing. You're not getting anything out of a 3D oh, showing. Oh, I enjoyed actually. the 3D. I, I don't think oh, you're getting, yeah. I don't think you're yeah. getting anything out of 3D. I say definitely do IMAX. Uh, the IMAX experience is is incredible when it's such uh, visceral backgrounds like this. Definitely if you, if, if do standard if you are trying to save money. I personally think 3D is a waste of time. Uh, mm. So those are my two cents. All right, uh, mine are you know me like I like I said this is a real big moment for me because I've been waiting forever for this movie and just for more you know for a really good Star Wars film and. You know, like Chico said, it's a really good Star Wars film. Like, the thug tears were in full abundance. Like, there were so many little moments. You know, like, the second time I saw it, the theater was much more subdued, and I was still cheering, you know, by myself. And I'd seen it, you know, already, and I'm still cheering at, you know, when the Millennium first shows up. When the when Ray cuts the engines and the Millennium floats in free fall for a second and Finn lines up the shot. You know, just so many little things like that. Just, oh, you know, I'd got to see it over and over again. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, JJ. You, you said <laughs> it right. You know, that's that's my main thing is that he said it right for future generations and for future films. Right. So that's the biggest success of this movie is that he got it totally back on track. And mm-hmm. you, that alone, how successful he was at that makes the movie a success. Most definitely. And, it, you know, yeah, it is mostly really great. Yeah, for real. All right. Well, you know, if you want to hit us up, you know, you can always hit the Chico Leo 
at Tatiana King or at DJ Ben Amin and at Fanbros Show. As always, hit us at contact at fanbros.com. If you have any more questions, information, whatever, want to get down with the team, make sure you subscribe on YouTube at Fanbros Show, at Fanbros Show on SoundCloud and iTunes, all that good stuff. And we'll be right back next week with our year in wrap up episode. Chill. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Use the force, Harry Potter. Fan